Welcome to the Trad Geeks Podcast, presented by Seiki Gear. Here are your hosts, Kevin Marrow, Mike Drew, and Mark Kepler. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode 59 of the Trad Geeks Podcast. Tonight, we are talking to... David Brinker. Yeah, I think he works for Seiki Gear. He does, and... He's a trad bow hunter. He's a trad bow hunter. So we're going to dive into that. It's going to be pretty sweet. We're going to talk about his hunting experiences this year, some of the hunts he's been on, a little different for him, but pretty stoked on it. Yeah, it should be fun. Welcome to the show, Dave. We've uh, been wanting to set up a podcast with you for a while now, and we finally got around to it. But for anybody listening that doesn't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do. Sure. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely. It's a snowy night here in Bozeman. It's a perfect night for me to <laughs> settle in and do a podcast. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Uh, my name is David Brinker, and I, I work for uh, Sitka Gear out in Montana. I've been with those, these guys for about ten and a half years, um, and I'm also an avid traditional, avid bow hunter in general. I've been an avid traditional bow hunter my whole life. Um, I, I came from a uh, my my father's an avid traditional bow hunter, and my grandfather was as well. So um, it's kind of runs in the blood, and we've been trying to get this together for a while, huh, guys? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's it's so. It's- it's fun. It's exciting. We're really excited about this, and and everybody knows now that you know we're partnered with Sitka. So it's just it's a good relationship to have, and it's fitting for us. So we're excited about it, man. Yeah, man, we are too. Appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about you know what what age did you start traditional bow hunting? And obviously, you did it because your father did it and your grandfather did it, but. Tell us a little bit about your experiences with it. And I know this year was a little different for you, so I'm excited to hear about that as well. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like I said, my grandpa actually is from Pennsylvania, um, and, uh, eastern Pennsylvania. But when I think he probably was in his 40s. He took his family and packed them up in the car and, drove west until they found somewhere that they loved and they ended up in oregon and his whole point in doing that was for to go somewhere where the hunting and fishing was better (laughs) and um he had dreams of he steelhead fishing was always one of his dreams and um mule deer hunting so somehow they ended up in western oregon which obviously mule deer in western oregon don't exist but not too far away in eastern oregon they do and um you know for many years he rifle hunted um, all over the state and um, in the early I gosh I don't know I guess it was probably in the 60s or 70s um, him and his buddies got into shooting recurve bows um, and my dad's first memory of life is following my grandfather out through the sagebrush over hmm. at a place called Heart Heart Mountain in Oregon um, following him out through sagebrush as they were jump shooting at deer that's what they used to do back then you had a huge back quiver full of arrows and hmm. you walk around they, they were pretty obviously fresh to it as the a lot of people were um but they uh um he hunted with that for a lot of years and then uh in the 80s when compounds came out he he switched to that and 
um, because he's he's like I don't know why anybody would shoot anything different now <laughs> because these are a lot easier to shoot. <laughs> and then he, uh, he he always gave my dad a lot of crap for sticking with the recurve. Um, but my dad um, sort of similarly grew up hunting with a rifle and um, started bow hunting in the early '80s, I believe. Um, and he he shot a compound for a few years instinctively. Um, and I, and did really well with it, um, was very successful and just decided to switch over to Chad Bow and he dove, my dad dives in things head first and became very prominent in the, the traditional bow world out in Oregon. Um, and in terms of just, he knows everybody and is friends with everybody and has hunted with that ever since. And so obviously growing up, I grew up in the whole uh that world that little micro world out there in the 3d shoots and the banquets and the just um one of my dad's best friends with a guy named norm johnson who is the um, owner of blacktail bows um, out in reedsport oregon and so i i spent a lot of my childhood going on trips with him and norm and other traditional buddies and shooting learn how to shoot myself i don't know when i started i mean as soon as i could hold the bow up i guess is when i started um <laughs> And, uh, you know, um, legal hunt age in Oregon is 12. So, um, I guess I really started bow hunting at that age, but man, we grew up in the country and I, every day I was out hunting squirrels or birds or snakes or frogs or whatever I could hunt, you know, <laughs> um, just learning how to be a hunter and, and proficient with my weapon. And so since I'm 37 now, I guess that puts it in. And I've been trad bow hunting quite a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, like you mentioned, this year I I um, I decided to hunt with a compound for the first time ever. Um, main reason being um, I was really struggling with target panic um, the last mm -hmm. couple of years, specifically on game. Um, I've, I've never shot better on targets than I have been the last few years. Um, I guess just over the years, my nerves have pretty settled. Even shooting around people, it didn't really bug, bug me too much. But on animals the last couple of years, I struggled um, to the point where I, I it just, it was the right thing for me to do this year. Um, get my head on my, my shoulders and gain some confidence. And I had a great year with Compound too. Learned a lot. We can talk about later. Um, but but um, the, 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 the recurves has a special place in my heart always will um yeah. and i uh man i love it what was it that you know the target panic you mentioned when the game comes in front of you um you know what what was it that you were experiencing with that and what were some of the things that you you've been doing to kind of get out of that sequence well um as most people that probably listen to your podcast know with a with a trad bow when you have target panic, panic on game you, there's a few things you could possibly do there's different forms of it right mm -hmm. my form would be that um i shoot a clicker mm -hmm. um and i hunt with the clicker as well and on targets i get back on target and i as when i'm once i get on target i start pulling through the clicker and it usually takes me three four seconds to get through it and on game i was really struggling with a i wasn't getting through the clicker um, in fact, sometimes I wasn't even getting all the way to my anchor point before I let the arrow go. Um, and um, the second thing that I was doing, not every time, but sometimes, especially on closer shots, is I would get stuck low. 
I would, and it would feel like the entire world is on top of my arrow and I can't go up. Hmm. Um, which is also pretty common in target panic. If you study it up, um, it's, it's just, you're locked off target. Um, and so, and obviously I, I still killed stuff, but you know, it's just, it's, for anybody who's had it really bad, it's very frustrating and it really, really puts a damper on the experience when you work so hard to get a shot and yeah. and you shoot so well at targets and then a bull elk is standing 20 yards in front of you and you can't you get locked below it and shoot low. It's so frustrating. Mm. So um, I've been doing a lot of work with um, Joel Turner over the last couple of years. He's a really good friend of mine. Um, and he completely changed my life shooting. Um and I was I was really really doing well with his program. The problem was is I would and this is totally my fault. I wasn't taking it to the animal. Like I wasn't following through with the program on the animal. Mm-hmm. I was amazing on targets and in, in as about as good as I can shoot anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I just but on animals I was not as he would say my my program doesn't work for you. You have to work for it. I was not working for it um, on animals. And one of the ways that after him and I have talked, I mean, I've had many, many uh, talks with him late at night driving from trailheads, so frustrated, trying to figure out how I make work for it on animals because it's not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of mental toughness. And I was just really having a hard time um, breaking over that barrier. I, I About half the time I would. I'll put it that way. Like there were some times where I was less nervous on an animal and I would, I would do well and I didn't always kill him. I hit a limb or maybe I was just, I'd shoot low or whatever, but I was still executing a good shot. Um, but the other half was just, it just wasn't toler- tolerable. Um, so anyways, one of the, we decided, um, after I bounced a few things off him that one good thing f- for me, and this isn't for everybody, but for me with a compound, I can shoot a back tension release. Um, and a back tension release for those that don't know what that is there's a couple different types i'm shooting what's called a hinge release which basically i I have no way to punch the trigger there's no trigger there's no button there's no nothing i the shot is activated only by back tension or by rotating your hand and what that allows me to do is is i get on target 100 percent of the time and then I have to consciously work all the way through the shot or the arrow will not go off. I let a five-point bull walk away. Tw- tw- he walked away forever. He's still alive. Uh, twice <laughs> this year. Uh, twice this year because I could not get the release to go off. But that was actually exactly what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted it to be, if I don't if I do not do this right, I shouldn't do it at all. What's the point? Yep, exactly. So, and I knew that I was going to have to let animals walk. And Joel told me, he's like, you're going to... You're going to have to let things walk out of your sight picture. Whereas if I was shooting a clicker in my recurve and then I start walking out of my sight picture, I just let the darn arrow go. Yeah. No matter, you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's the problem. Yeah. And I think that's so really from, I think yeah, that's the amazing thing with like that mentality is like, you care so much about the animal that you're pursuing that you're okay. Not t- letting the arrow fly and letting that opportunity kind of walk out into your future. Yeah, it's a decision you have to make before you go out there. I mean, it's definitely, I don't recommend it for anybody that hasn't really thought it through because it's easy to say. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm okay with that. But, like, when you only get one shot at an animal all year yeah, and you have to let them walk out of your sight picture because you don't have the mental power to get through the shot, it's a very frustrating thing. Um, I did not kill a, an elk with a bow this year. 
because of that. Neither did I. Let did that I. Bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, but but I did the shots I did make and the animals I did harvest um, were great shots and they were well executed and I have no regrets. And so for me, the compound thing was more of a. Um, and uh, it's more of a mental play, like getting my head on my shoulders, gaining some confidence, learning how to consciously think through the shot while under tremendous pressure. Because that's whole, that's Joel's whole program is having the mental strength to stay conscious within a shot and walk all the way through your process, no matter how much pressure is on you. And it really did help. Um, now, obviously, I haven't had a hunting season on my recurve yet, um, but... Um, I've shot it. I've mm-hmm. shot it on and off throughout the whole season, and I, I'm 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 shooting well. I, I I feel better about it. I can I can visualize shooting better at animals. Um, I'll probably go on go on and off between the two bows um, next year, and then we'll just see what happens. Um, but to be honest, it was a very enjoyable experience and a little bit controversial to some of my trad friends, and I get that. I grew up in that world, mm-hmm. but for me, it was the right decision, and I stand by that. Yeah, so. and I think for us, like we are all about hunting and about that experience and it's different for everyone and so for us it's like whether that's with a gun or with a with a compound or with a trad bow or or whatever it's like as long as you're in the right mental state of mind and like thinking through the process and what you're doing like that's what it's all about it's all about the experience and for us like we we love trad bows that's that's what trad geeks is kind of founded on but for us, like if I was struggling like you were with target panic and I knew that hunting a hinge release on a compound would help me in the long run, you better believe I would be doing it because, you know, hunting is what it's about for me. So, Right, and that's what I've told people. They're like, why, why would you want to do that? It's just, it's just, you know, and I'm like, because I love hunting more than what I shoot. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's just the honest truth. If I had to shoot, I mean, I do hunt with a rifle sometimes, and I'm mm-hmm. also taking grief for that. And it's like, you know what? You know why I enjoy going out during rifle season? Because I never got to when I only bow hunted. And it's a yeah. different time of year. It's a different strategy. It takes you to a new country. It makes you learn new things about the animal. And isn't that what it's all about anyway? It is. Um, you know, I just think we so uh, we oftentimes get so caught up in you know all these things and you know why one person's better or worse than the next guy and what they shoot and all it's for me it's just how do i improve the experience i i have less and less time as i my kids get older and Mm -hmm. when i get out there man i don't want to be worried about you know my one shot being screwed up by some weird thing called target panic um i want to be like man if i get an opportunity this year i'm either a gonna make a uh, shoot a great arrow or b not shoot an arrow at all and that arrow, there may be other variables that make it miss. You know, you never, you can still miss even if you shoot a good arrow. But at least I'm happy with my execution, and it imp- improves the experience. I've walked out of the woods enough times with my tail between my legs <laughs> um, when it should have been an amazing experience. You know, yeah. Um, and I just, I guess, I just got tired of that. And I think a lot of people do, and they just don't. For some reason, they just—it's it, a—I don't know if it's a what it, what it is necessarily, but if you really want to enjoy the experience, you got to do what's right for you, and don't let other people's judgments um, hinder that. Yeah, we get that question all the time. Like, with, since we're trad geeks, people say, you know, why are you shooting trad? Is it really that much better than this and that? And 
and my answer is simply like you have to be ready for traditional archery and and i think that's a kind of a stigma that we get is oh trad or die or like if you're not shooting yeah. a trad and as trad geeks we're the you know the slogan is modern hunter meets traditional yeah, we want those guys that are on the fence to to take their time and and not convert right away if they're not ready for it. it it's a big commitment, and it's not for everybody. And yeah, and it's to, and it's 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 a, it's a different world. It yeah. is, and sure. um, but but you know some of the um, there's some great people out there that do both, and that's mm-hmm. that's great. I actually think that's I, I really do believe that to be great because. There's so many people that, I mean, compound, that, most people shoot compounds. And yeah. um, actually, most people rifle hunt, then then most people compound hunt. And then there's like, you know, five of us that shoot recurves <laughs> in the scheme of things. You yep. know what I mean? Exactly. So, I think I think it's really important to be sensitive to whatever else is doing it. And at the end of the day, we all have fairly short lives. It's like whatever makes you happy, whatever gives you the best experience. You know, if someone could feel the sensation of letting a beautiful um uh, sh- shot out of a trad bow and watching the arrow fly right behind the shoulder and ethically harvesting something. I mean, that's there's nothing more special to a bow hunter than that, or to a to to me like that. When I harvest something with my recurve, it means so much to me. Yeah. Um, not that it doesn't with a compound or a rifle. It's just a different sensation because it's so hard, <laughs> and yeah. you succeed so infrequently. Um, but it's all it's all about the experience. That's absolutely. I agree a hundred percent and hopefully everybody that's listening kind of gets that. And if, if you're still hunting with a compound and you want to make the switch, make sure you're ready to make the switch. Cause it is a big commitment and, and don't be afraid to keep going back to the compound. If that's what you feel yeah. you need to do. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what do you do at Sitka gear? You mentioned that you've, you've worked there for 10 years, you know, what's your role in that? And, uh, you know, explain you know what what Sitka is uh, all about. Sure. Um, well, I've done I've done a little bit of everything at Sitka. I, I've been there for a long time. I started as an intern, <laughs> um, but currently um, I am the, what they call a, a, the big game marketing manager. So I, any anything in the mountains um, in the West, marketing wise, I am responsible for so we have a, a whitetail marketer and a waterfowl marketer i'm the big game marketer um for several years i was the marketing director um, and i moved into this role simply because my main passion is the west and hunting in the west and and um i uh, that's my that's what i'm good at that's what i know so uh anything outwardly facing in the brand that happens out here is is my responsibility um so it's kind of, I know it's kind of broad, but that's, mm-hmm. that's what I do. Nice. I'm sure it keeps you busy. <laughs> yeah. That? There's never a shortage of stuff to do. Um, that's for sure. We're, and we're growing like crazy. We've, we've, we haven't slowed down much in the whole time I've been here. You know, every, every year's been great and, um, the, it just keeps going up. So we're pretty, pretty happy with it and got a big team now, a lot of new people, a lot of new faces and, um, we're hiring like crazy and things are going really well that's great man we recently uh, as everybody knows partnered with you and we got a hold of all the you know the late season whitetail stuff and 
I, I got some stuff for Finn, my son, and he's five, and nothing was greater than going out with him in 29-degree weather and him saying, Dad, I'm hot. I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> so, you know, whatever you guys are doing, <laughs> the whitetail line is, for late season, which is what we've really got to test here, is phenomenal, and I'm, I'm really excited. Our late season starts, so we, I kind of went out with it in rifle season here in Pennsylvania, but our late season starts the day after Christmas. So Mark and I still have some tags. Mike has all of his tags. <laughs> all, of, all of my tags. Thank you. So we're going to be putting it to the test. But uh, That's I'm, fantastic. I'm seriously really, really excited because I've never been this warm hunting. You know, I've always had like that slight chill, a little cold, a yeah. little uncomfortable, but never like... I, I, I seriously, so far, I felt like I'm sitting in my living room hunting. So. I, I think it's pretty fitting <laughs> to tell the fir- the story the first time that you and I hunted together, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, we will in, tell that story. In second season, because it, it was the first year that uh, him and I met, and, uh, and I forget, it was a property that you knew or something. and Yeah, it was a property that I had permission to hunt, and uh, Mark and I just kind of started hanging out and and our wives were friends and so we we went hunting together a few times and we were pretty close immediately our our relationships really sparked but mark was wearing some sick of gear and i was and i, I won't be afraid to admit it, i was in my queue and he was sitting there warm <laughs> as can be and i was a little chilled maybe a little cold and uh you know, and the funny thing is, is I almost fell out of the tree stand that day because we were talking about something like when you hunt with a hunting buddy that you don't get to see all the time, you spend most of the time BSing instead of hunting. And we, we were talking <laughs> and I almost stepped out of the tree stand. Yeah. <laughs> Put it this Gosh. way and, and not bashing anyone with the appropriate layers, you can stay semi-warm, but Mark was comfortable and I was cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know since that day i've always had that in the back of my mind and and now i know i know what it feels like so it, it's a good sensation to to be comfortable yeah. hunting and and i i the development of the stuff even like the little uh pockets that are in the pants for the for the limbs and stuff like that on a trad bows it, it's crazy to me that you guys even think about that stuff so I know that that was a uh, yeah no and and that's kind of the cool thing about that gear and the people that spend so much time their whole life designing it is like literally every day I learn something new about our gear I've been there for ten and a half years there's so much thought that goes into everything and uh, one of the, Bar- John Barklow that my my partner in crime on 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 the uh, big game side um, he's he's our product manager for the big game side he always tells me. He, that uh you know we make stuff from scratch um you know he when we think of a product we first think we 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 try not to jump to conclusions of what it should be until first we identified the problem and once we've identified the problem the thought process that goes from there to the and the two years of developing something um is incredible and then when it, when it comes out the other end the detail and the attention to detail and the things like what you're talking about like your, for your limb on your leg and um 
it's it's pretty incredible. In fact, you guys should have Barkle on here sometime and have him talk through that stuff. But I'm always blown away with with the level of detail they get into. Because I'm just the marketing guy, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> he makes my life he makes my life a lot easier. Yeah, yeah we'd definitely love that to kind of have him on. And you know, what's fascinating to me with with it is, you know, compound archery is pretty much like the standard and there's not too many traditional bow hunters anymore but the fact that they still considered that is impressive to me you know and yeah that's absolutely that's what's really cool to me and and uh you know when you're in a tree stand especially late season every little movement counts and the sound and so the you know everything is just lined in the appropriate material so it's quiet and yeah it's really cool the late season stuff so far has really really impressed me i'm excited to get a hold of some of the big game stuff so when we go out west testing that out and and seeing how it compares but i'm pretty sure it'll be just fine (laughs) well i know the right guy to talk to yeah (laughs) (laughs) so out of out of all your hunts this past season what would you say was your favorite experience um as far as a hunt goes because every year hunting's fun no matter what animal you're chasing but what was your favorite so, this past season yeah that's it's a really good really good question and i have the perfect answer because i had one of my most memorable hunts i've ever had in my life this year um so i mentioned earlier how my dad's first memory of life was walking through the sagebrush with my grandpa and his back quiver mm-hmm. um so that that place um in oregon uh is a limited draw for everything it has sheep antelope and heart and um uh, mule deer and i've harvested an antelope up there um when i my goal my only archery hunting goal in my that i have literally is to harvest everything off that mountain with my bow <laughs> and uh i i was able to take an antelope in 2002 um with my dad by my side which was amazing so this year i was lucky enough to draw the deer tag for the first time in my life and uh was able to after six days of hard hunting um harvest a nice buck um right there with the peak that, that my my grandfather's on um in the background That's it was crazy, pretty amazing man. that's awesome any yeah. any other i know you went and chased mule deer with uh the gritty bowman this yeah year. yeah talk, yeah talk a little bit about that because i believe that place is more isn't it more prone to like the traditional bow hunter those guys do trad primarily or am i am i wrong in that uh who's the, i'm sorry what was the question you went to the did you go to alberta yeah, yeah, yeah. oh 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 yeah 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 um yeah no they 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 host a lot of trad bow hunters up Mm -hmm. there um uh alberta is amazing i mean it's an incredible place there's tons of mule deer i shouldn't say there's i mean there's there's a lot of deer it's not easy by any means it's very open the good thing about alberta is the wind blows hard yeah and at least where we were and if you can get the wind to blow hard um you can you know and and you and, and you can stock you can get fairly close and yeah that was a fun hunt with aaron and brian and um i also had a a great elk hunt with um in montana the last week of october with uh 
Easton Corbin, the country musician, and his manager, Chris Tate, mm -hmm. and our uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. And I was able to be with Chris Tate when he harvested his first bull ever, which was a 370 class. Oh, wow. dude. Um, which was amazing. Honestly, That my, my mule deer buck in Oregon in that, in that moment watching him um, take that bull was pretty sweet. I mean, that was memories for a lifetime. That's so. awesome, man. You, yeah. me you mentioned doing that hunt with Easton Corbin, and I know you're you're big into music, and Mark is too. So I'm sure you're going to want to kind of bounce things off each other. But before you do that, I kind of want to talk a little bit about your traditional bow setup. So when you are hunting with your trad bow, what is your setup? You know, and and what kind of you know what what's your setup? What do you what do you hunt with? So I shoot a blacktail bow, 52 pounds, um, 28 inches. Uh, mm -hmm. shot the same bow since I for I guess I've shot the same bow since I started working at Sitka so a dozen years wow. um, and uh, the last few years I started hunting with a with um, my uh, I should back up I, all, I I spent a lot of years in Oregon um, a fellow Oregonian friend of mine his name's Brent Hahn um, uh, I bow hunted with him for a lot of years in Oregon um, before I worked for Sitka and then I don't know how many, it must have been a couple years ago, he started Valkyrie Archery Systems. Yeah. Um, and when he did, I started shooting his arrows. So the arrow I shoot right now is uh, a 400 VAP with um, his 200 grain uh, uh, Valkyrie broadheads on them. And uh, they're incredible, man. I mean, it's, they are. I, can't even, I can't even describe how well they fly, not only obviously um, with field points, um, but the broadhead flight that you get is pretty outstanding. And I've had really good results also with, with um, the wounds on animals and stuff um, in terms of just arrows going through the animals, make, you know, cutting really well. And so I've been pretty happy with that. Um, and, you know, I shoot three fingers under with a, with a tab. Um, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, you know, uh, I try to keep things pretty simple. I'm a fairly simple guy. So. Yeah, you know that's that's funny you say that because and i've said this on this podcast many a times but you can make it as simple as you want or as complex as you want so yeah. i try to keep it as simple as i can this year i've kind of dove into more of the complex stuff but i think yeah. it's only because of your buddy brent that made me do that but uh we shoot the valkyrie stuff i, I do shoot a grizzly two blade mark shooting a valkyrie yeah broadhead but we shoot all of his components and man they are sweet it is a lot easier to set up an aerial with his setup than you know gluing a aluminum shaft on your on your arrow and doing all that configuration he has it dialed in so yeah and you know, and, and and those who know me know me i'm just i'm just not mechanical and i have little patience for stuff like that so brent frequently gets calls from me hey i need 12 more arrows and i, and I want them to show up i want them to show up done yep uh, that must be a musician make, thing that's mark in a nutshell because <laughs> yeah, i'm d I, I, I do yeah i'm doing all that stuff for him you know he's like here just get me the arrows i need and get them set up for me I'm like all right well i i i i built arrows my whole childhood i love building arrows i just don't i shouldn't say i don't have time because i think that's kind of a cop-out in a way i i i i have less time and brent does it so well i don't 
I don't need to do it. Um, You know what I mean? It's just the arrow comes and it's everything's great. Everything's perfect. And I just I throw in my quiver. Um, The broadheads these ships to me are razor sharp. I I can literally put them right in my quiver. I know how to resharp them, obviously, Um, but (laughs) it's all ready to go. And and I mean, it's just. It's just it's just really nice. So <laughs> that's that's what I've been shooting. And I told you earlier I shoot a clicker. So mm-hmm. um, I've shot a clicker for about nine or ten years, um, and I tried a ta- or a um, a grip sear like uh, Jill Turner shoots. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went back to the clicker, um, but I, I kind of enjoy shooting a clicker. I really do. And without a clicker, I'm. I don't trust myself. So, you know, Dave, I got two questions for you. And it, when you said clicker, it reminded me of something I wanted to ask you earlier. You said you were shooting a hinge this year, and I just recently switched in the last two years to a trad bow, and I was shooting a hinge with my compound. Do you shoot with a click, or did you have no click on your your hinge? Oh, dude! If if people have the clicking hinge anywhere around me, I twitch. I can't. I can't. I've been shooting a clicker too long. I have. I, I cheers to those that can shoot those things. No, I have just the one. Just the. Uh, it has a like a locking button on it, and mm-hmm. when you get on target, you hit the button and you start pulling through it, and it does click. It just goes off. I got you. Yeah, my problem with with my hinge was. Uh, I would shoot the click, but I would shoot the click the wrong way. Instead of going back to the click and then settling in and pulling, I would pull, and then when I heard the click, it would automatically go off. Basically, like a lot of some, like a lot of people shoot a clicker with a with a recurve or yeah, a and I've bow. seen people do that. And I was I've seen people do that, and that really, yeah, that would make me. I'd be a I'd be a <laughs> mental mess. Well, <laughs> what was crazy about it, and you mentioned this earlier, it, and what I, I always shot a trigger release, and I would float off target and I would get comfortable and then I would slowly bring that, that pin across the target. But with the, the hinge, yeah. man, as soon as I drew my bow back, that pin would sit on the target and wait for me to pull through. And I want... It's amazing. It, it is. It's it, amazing. It's, it's like you're just a whole different person. It's like you went from not knowing what you're doing to just being like the best archer in the world in just by switching well, a release. And, yeah. And I was nervous on animals that that wouldn't happen. You know, I was nervous the first animal I shot at with that. That maybe I wouldn't be able to get on target with that either. That was my worst nightmare. Yeah. And the first animal I pulled back with the hinge on, man, I just went right to target, and there was no anxiety, no nothing. I was dead solid, and just so consciously pulled through it. I mean, I told somebody, I told Joel, I think, out of the um, four or five animals I killed with a bow this year, I can consciously almost remember every millisecond of every shot or like what i was thinking during every shot is what i should say Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like whereas you know when you have target panic on animals a lot of guys will will be like you know you'll you'll ask them where they hit and they won't even know where the arrow hit because they just blanked out um i was able to stay conscious through the shots which was impressive for me because i was worried that maybe some of those bad habits will leak and they can into the hinge release doesn't cure target panic, but it certainly can help you a little, a little bit. Yeah. I, I would, I would agree with that. I, you said earlier that you can't punch one. Well, I learned how, but you don't, you can punch one. You just don't ever get results that you want. It just, it's just, it's nowhere near what you want. So you learn not to don't do that tell quickly. Me, don't tell me how to do that. I won't, I'll keep that to myself. But my, my other question is your, your clicker with your trad bill. Uh, you know, I know people shoot those two different ways. One, they use it just as a draw check to make sure they're getting back to full draw and get the anchor. 
and we have a good buddy that shoots his almost like it's a signal for him to release his arrow mm-hmm. and he's unbelievable with it so i guess how how do you shoot your clicker on your trad bow is it just a draw check or is it a signal for you to release that arrow when you're locked on target it, it's uh it, it's a it's absolutely a signal for me to let go of the arrow what i do is i i have three very simple steps um i what most people call pick a spot or i call it find it which is just a simpler way for me to say it to myself i find what i want to shoot at i draw back aim very quickly and get on target and then my next job is i just keep repeating in my head keep pulling keep pulling keep pulling keep pulling keep pulling keep pulling until the clicker goes off and then i subconsciously let the arrow go Mm -hmm. i'm literally thinking about nothing else in that moment other than pulling because i've already accomplished my aim and i don't need to think about that anymore i'm still staring at what i want to hit but i'm not consciously thinking about that anymore um and that's just what joel's trained me to do yep and so it's pretty it's pretty simple i mean it's it's not very complicated and you're using it just like a psycho trigger so it's it's a psycho trigger yeah yeah. it's just as soon as that thing goes off my brain lets zero go that's awesome i've and i've incorporated a lot of jewel stuff into my i've never really had any problems but just the psychology of it i knew that hey this is a better way of doing things and I might as well incorporate it into my shot only because I, it makes logical sense to me. So I've been doing it, and it it's helped me. I'm more in tune with my shot, and I'm I follow pretty much Jules' mantra to to a T. Watch it, keep it, you know, keep pulling, keep pulling, keep pulling. And I just use the feather to my nose or the grips here. I'm kind of in between right now, but man, it's. It's awesome to have control of your shot. It really is. Because I've, I've been in that other spectrum where I really don't know what happened. I made a good shot, but it just happened, which is cool until the situation's really pressured or it's like it happens really quick. So if, if a buck walked out, Whitetail, for instance, in PA, and I had a lot of time to watch him and I could calm myself down, it was great. I'd just pick a spot, shoot, everything worked great. But if it was oh crap there he is but it was all it was like com- complete chaos i did that with on film with mark once and missed made the second shot and again this year same thing happened buck came out wind was wrong i was afraid he was going to blow out completely lost focus the shot was good it, it was just a hair low he didn't drop like i thought he would but I don't remember being in the shot sequence. And then I killed him at 35 and I had complete control. So it's crazy how the situation, like you talked earlier about, plays a role. But if you can be in that, in that system, you can have complete control of every single shot. Yeah, and I, I mean, I feel like um, so many of us out there that don't have control we'll get you'll get lucky and mm-hmm. you'll be like I, I drilled him i have no idea how i did it but i did it the, the it's just really dangerous because the next time something comes in if you don't know how to do it you, you're probably not going to get that lucky again and you're either going to make a bad shot or just miss something that you should not miss i mean I, believe me to anyone that's listening i am not 
<laughs> I'm I have stories that like bleed. I'm just I'm I've I've been through it. Trust me. I mean, I've missed bull elk at nine yards. I missed a bull elk on on TV about four years ago at thirteen steps, and I and it was the most embarrassing moment that I had been through to that point. Like it was really bad. But you know, it it's just it it kind of is what it is. So you can either choose to let it let it rule you, or find ways to um, get over it, or at least combat it. Um, you know, everybody has. I, I go to these archery shoots and stuff, and even people that tell me they don't have target panic, just about everybody does. Mm-hmm. For sure, it's just if you just sit if you just sit back and watch them, just about everybody does. Everybody's floating their pins around and punching the trigger when the, the pin goes over the target or coming up with the recurve, like drawing low, trying to come up and jerking it up into the target or jerking it down into the target. It's just the way our brain works. And that's why I've enjoyed studying what Joel teaches because he tells you why your brain does that. It's a natural thing. It's not like really a disease or anything. It's just the way your brain works. And if you know that and you know how to work through it, I'm just a huge fan. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if you, if, if you can keep control, um, it's never easy, but when you do it, you're so, at least me, I'm so proud of myself when I do that. I'm like, man, yep. I, I, I stayed in it. I used to play golf. It's the same thing. Like, <laughs> yes. under pressure golfing, you're like, oh, my God, I hit it right down the middle of the fairway. I can't remember the shot. But, but And then, you know, the next one, you'll slice it out of bounds because you lost focus as opposed to the guys that are really good, even under pressure, follow the same routine every single shot, every shot. That's the only thing they're thinking about. They're not thinking about... Uh, you know what their score was in the last hole, or even the shot before. It's this shot right now. I'm going through the process. Exactly. So, yeah. If if you can't make a perfect shot, you shouldn't shoot it at all. It's something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what I think. Joel I says. think. Uh, yeah. It, it, the 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 right way to say it is: if you can't shoot a great arrow, which just means you execute a good shot, because you're not going to kill everything you shoot at. It's yep. just the way it is because there's a lot of other variables besides your brain. Mm-hmm. But if you don't do your job, then, yeah, what what's the point of letting the arrow go? Exactly. Just to get a shot off. I mean, I've done that. Just You just want to get a shot off because you're worried they're going to run off or whatever, and you shoot two feet under them. Like, what was it? It, it was almost pointless. I'd rather just not shot yep. and walked away at least with my pride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, that's... That's definitely a situation that I've been in before, and and that's where I think I was in it again this year is, oh, crap, there he is. I have to get a shot. This is my moment, and I just lost complete concentration. But yeah, you know, kind of switching gears, you've been on a lot of other podcasts, uh, Gritty Bowman for sure, and at the ATA, I, I watch you playing a lot of music uh, on those <laughs> podcasts, so... I know you love music, you know, and and Mark loves music, so I'm sure you guys want to talk about that, but you've recently uh, done something pretty special for you. Tell us a little bit about that, man. Yeah, so um, for those that don't know, I'm a songwriter as well and a a musician, country musician, and uh, I've always wanted to record an album um, in Nashville. And uh, I spent a lot of years working on songwriting and trying to improve and getting beat up at songwriting competitions and all kinds of different stuff and trying to learn how to write better better uh, songs. And uh, 
this year it all finally came together and i was able to go down to nashville and a buddy of mine um zach swan from the swan brothers um you know offered to produce produce my album with me and we got some amazing musicians and and a great team together and it came together beyond even what i could have dreamed um and i'm gonna put it out this spring i'm pretty excited about it that's awesome and i think the cool thing or like what i'm most excited about hearing because we've heard clips like you've been posting on instagram every once in a while different clips but the storytelling in your music can you talk a little bit about like what drives you as far as songwriting and what you're into when it comes across as far as this is a song this is the story that it's about and what that means to you yeah i mean i've always been a fan of of storytellers whether that be at sitka i've produced films i I, you know marketing is storytelling that's why i love marketing is because you have the opportunity like you have a blank slate to evoke emotions in other people and um and and tell stories that make positive change um and really affect people um and from a music perspective i've always sort of been drawn to people that write their stuff and uh and it's because i always tell my wife or whoever it, it, i if i buy an album i want to listen to it cover to cover and when i get done with the album i want to feel like i know that person hmm. and uh those are my favorite albums uh and because of that and because i love marketing and i like storytelling is that's the main reason i started playing or writing my own songs i mean and the other reason is is i'm 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 not the world's greatest singer um i can sing but i'm never going to sing someone's song better than they can sing it so i want my own stuff and because if you can everybody's got a unique story if you can put it in an art form you know that's awesome and some people will like it and some people um won't but at least it's your story and so um my album's like if if you listen to it um cover to cover it's i mean you'll you'll know a lot about me you'll know about my regrets you'll know about you know my my love story you'll know about my kids and where i where i want them to grow up and the places that i live and the experiences that i've seen you'll know about hunting my my grandfather i mean there's so many different elements in 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 these songs that are it's just honest i mean it's pretty vulnerable to be honest with you yeah Um, for sure but um I'm okay with that. I guess I'm in a place in my life where I'm, I'm totally okay with that. And I'm proud of the way it turned out. It's got everything from fun, fun, upbeat stuff to tear jerkers. So, um, uh, it'll, it'll be, it'll be fun to see how people react to it. I mean, thus far the people that I've shared with have been pretty excited about it. It'll, um, but we'll see this spring, I guess. Yeah, man. That's awesome, man. I'm excited to, to be able to listen to it for sure. And, since I've known you were going out there to do it, I've been kind of excited about it. Um, you know, and I never really knew you were a song songwriter until you started doing the podcast with Gertie Bowman and was singing on there. So it's pretty fun. Yeah, and it's it, just the, the people out there in Nashville are so incredibly talented. The musicians we worked with absolutely blew my mind. Um, what they could do to you, what, what, how they can bring your songs to life. And that, that was my, these songs I wrote in my, you know, in my man room in Bozeman, um, Montana by myself, except for a couple of them that I co-wrote. Um, but 
to see your little babies, you know, turn into real things, you know, <laughs> pretty incredible. That's awesome. That's uh, awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that's great, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I know we we like to keep things around the hour mark and, and not go too far beyond that. So I'm sure you're you're busy and need to get back to the wife and little ones, and as do us. So <laughs> thanks so much for coming on the show, man. And we're, we're really stoked about this partnership and, and what we can do in the future. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I'll come on anytime and uh, look forward to seeing you guys in a couple weeks at ATA show. Sounds good, man. Take care. It's cool to hear his perspective on trad is kind of like ours. You know, you don't have to be in it completely 100%. He's obviously hunted with a trad bow all of his life. And this year, needed to switch it up just to kind of break that cycle of that target panic, which is awesome. We don't want to be the guys that are out there saying, hey, it's trad only, only hunt with a trad bow. I know our names are trad geeks, but it's all about the tradition. You know, if you hunt with a compound and want to follow us or or thinking about making a switch, when you're ready, make it. It's not for everybody. We're not the trad or die, you know, elitist type of guys. So Yep. The last every buck that I killed was with a rifle. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's I, didn't, fine, I haven't man. killed a, ri- a buck with the trad bow yet. I've killed a doe every year that I've hunted. I killed a mule deer. I killed a coyote. Like, I love hunting with a trad bow, but haven't made it happen with the buck you know, keep and, and like we discussed in the <laughs> one know? podcast with mike not too long ago is the the rifle side of things like yeah it's not trad it's a rifle but there is something about that tradition of going yeah. out with your family and friends yep. and you don't get that experience that you do with a trad bow so if you want to jump on our instagram and and trash us for posting a picture with a rifle good for you because that's not what we're about. Yeah, I, mean, I think you can see from our vlogs the last couple of weeks that uh, you know through rifle season that we all had experiences uh, in in November yeah. and December with rifles. I and mean, whether it was Kevin yeah. with his son or Mark and I both with, yeah, with guns, exactly. And, and my family. I mean, I spent more time with my dad in the last month before rifle season and through rifle season than I had most of the year. And that's why I like to do what I do. I spend time out there. Yeah. It's uh, it's trad. It's tradition. Um, you know, I followed you guys for a couple of years before I switched to a traditional bow. I loved hunt with a compound. Um, I just, I, I wanted to try something else. I'm, yep. I'm really glad I did it. Uh, I don't think I'll go back to the compound. I kind of gave it to my brother to, to yeah. use as a backup bow. But if I ever uh, uh, got the opportunity to do something crazy, I'm like, I, I feel like taking my compound bow, I wouldn't be embarrassed yeah. to go back to it, man. I, I love shooting. I'll be honest. I love shooting my compound bow. Yeah. And, and people do, you know, and I, like I, I shot Wade James's trad or compound a couple last year and I had fun shooting. Yeah, it was it's still cool, a bow. Man. I love my trad bow. I'll probably, if I had one weapon to choose, it'd be a traditional bow that's why I came up with the name Trad Geeks. I, I love that's my heart and so I love Trad. But with that said, I love hunting more. I love yeah. that camaraderie more. I love my son more. And if his opportunity is taking a rifle out right now, you better believe I'm gonna be going out with a rifle with him. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and we talked about your your son with a compound bow, man. That, that's yeah, that's he's yeah. gonna get out there earlier because he can he can shoot a compound bow than he would be able to if he could shoot a so, recurve. To explain to listeners, a legal weight in Pennsylvania is 35 pounds. Well, Finn can't draw back 35 pounds and hold it 
but 35 pounds with an 80% let off. Mm -hmm. He can do it. Yeah. So we have a new breed uh, bow coming for him that has an 80, you know, a, a huge let off. I don't know much about compounds. Mike's going to have to set the dang thing up <laughs> for me. But I doubt we'll have sights on it. with my arms. I doubt there'll be sights on it. I doubt there'll be a... Uh, peep sight on it. Shoot a kisser. fingers, man. You don't. You, you don't. You can but Finn fingers, has shot you know? a trad bow since he was two years old. He'll be able to draw back thirty-five pounds, which is yeah. what is legal in PA. Uh, it'll shoot faster, harder, and and hopefully he can get out and harvest the deer or hunt more with me with a compound sooner than later. And if that's the case, that's what we're going to do. You know, and like I said. There's no doubt in my mind that Finn will want to shoot a trad bow because he's done it already so yeah. long. Yeah. But I asked him, I said, hey, bud, would you rather hunt earlier with a compound or wait till you can hunt and pull back the appropriate weight? And he goes, dad, I want to hunt. Yep. And I think that's in every one and, of us. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah, for me, like that mule deer that I killed in South Dakota with you, Kevin, like that deer means so much to me. So much more than I've got a mound of a buck that I killed with my great grandfather's 3030. I don't know about so much more, but like they're on par. Yeah. Like, and that's that's the thing. It's a doe, it's meat, it's we ate it, like we loved every second of it. But it meant so much because of how I took it, and I was ready for that step. So if you're ready for that step, dive in and be happy. That yeah. year, I missed bucks with, and the first year hunting archery, I missed bucks with a trad bow. I bought a compound before I ever got connected with Kevin and Trad Geeks. I bought a compound and was like, oh, I'm going to shoot compound and shot it three or four times and felt comfortable with it, never hunted with it. Mm -hmm. Because it was like, you, I line up the sights and pulled the trigger, which is, it, that's not correct. Like, compound hunting is different than that. But I felt more comfortable at 15, 20 yards. I could probably shoot better than I can with a trad bow now with the bow setup that I had. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's about that decision of what you want to do and what you want to accomplish and where you're at. And that's okay. So enjoy what you're doing. And Always I, look to improve though. Yeah. And like I don't think, ever be happy with where you're at. I think Brinker said it best is there's nothing like his most memorable hunts for the most part, or is when he takes a deer or an animal with his tread, but that's what he loves to do. That's, but it doesn't mean he doesn't love hunting in general without yeah. it. For me, it's the same thing. The animals I've killed with a trad bow mean so much more to me just because it is harder. Yeah. It is a, more of a challenge. But it doesn't take away from that deer I killed a couple years ago with a rifle. Yeah. Like, I'll still remember that just as much. Yeah. But it is, it, it's more of a challenge. It's fun. So if you're looking to make that switch to traditional archery, that's what you can look forward to is when you yep. do get one with a trad bow for whatever reason the challenge or watching that arrow arc into the animal mike can yeah. probably explain it well because he killed his biggest deer ever last year <laughs> with a trad oh no bow. i blacked out <laughs> <laughs> totally blacked out i was like what happened what happened what happened I no, totally that's why i look like a pink cushion no. <laughs> hey, come on now but seriously it yeah. There is a different feeling. And there, that's why so. I'm looking forward to second season getting out in the snow and in the cold and yeah, hunting man. with a bow. And I love muzzleloader hunting. Like my dad oh. is all and my family is all about going out that day after Christmas, putting on drives and hunting. But 
I'm going to sit in my blind or sit in my tree stand wherever the wind's good and be pumped on that experience. So it's, it's all about being excited about the experience and then being comfortable and confident in executing on that experience. Where if that deer comes out at 30 yards, at 10 yards, at 50 yards, at 150 yards with a rifle, if you're confident when you pull that trigger, if you're confident when you let that release go, you're happy and that's what it's all about. So on that note, stay safe and shoot straight. <laughs>